Turn to Matthew 7 today. As a Christian, what type of house is being built? And uh, there are houses today being built everywhere. But what type of house is being built as far as your personal life and my personal life? What is going on? Uh, with Christians in general, what is being built? What type of house is being built? Now, in Matthew 7, verse 26, it's interesting to see certain words in the Bible, and you begin to look at them, and your initial thought related to that word many times is physical. You relate to something physical. And many times when it comes to that same word, and you look at that in the Bible, it has a spiritual meaning. And yet we still, when we read that, the Lord, it's okay to see it in the, see the physical and relate to the physical in that as long as the Lord can show us the spiritual aspect of it and how that relates to us personally. In, in Matthew 7, verse 26, Jesus said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. So there's a construction there that is underway in this individual's life. And Jesus is referring to that which is being built in their life. And he says that if they're not going to hear and do my sayings, then I their house is going to be constructed uh, by someone other than the Lord. And he calls that individual a fool, or they're foolish. Now, if you go back up to verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven he who presently, present tense verb, he who is presently doing the will of the Father. Now that alone in Christianity has many, many views. And what I mean by that is everybody says they're doing the will of God. You know, this is the will of God for me. That's the will of God for me. You know, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go on a mission field as the will of God. But it's not necessarily true with every Christian because they think and believe something is the will of God does not necessarily mean it is of the will of God. So once again, we come down to the Holy Spirit communicating to the individual. And there are many different ways the Holy Spirit can communicate the will of God, the building of God, the purpose of God to you and I. It's not necessarily a, a spoken word always. Now, Jesus talks about uh, the word that 
or the rhema, that's the rhema that is presently proceeding out of the mouth of God to you. But that does not always come in, so to speak, word form, like I'm communicating a, a specific sentence to you. You can get a direction uh, in your heart, you can just see something, uh, it can be various ways, and that is the Lord, the rhema, coming to you, coming to me, uh, showing us what we are to live by. And there are Christians who live by all kinds of things, but not necessarily what the Lord is showing. Do you know that I can, or you can, uh, say, oh, that's what the Lord's showing me, and it not be what the Lord is really saying? So we need to be in tune with the Lord. We need to have a relationship with Him to where eventually, if we're a young, younger Christian, that eventually, somehow, some way, the Lord's able to communicate His will, His way to us. And, and as I said, it may not be a spoken thing. I have had the Lord communicate to me two times through dreams, a, a specific word. And when I woke up, I remembered. And you know how dreams are. They're very fleeting. You, you don't remember them most of the time. Uh, and I knew these dreams were of God. And I, I saw what was going on. I saw the purpose. And then I just held that and waited. So hearing, because you hear people say this all the time, and it's applicable, of course, where I heard this from the Lord. The Lord can't speak in a still, small voice. But his means of communication are many, especially with certain individuals who, because of their makeup, the Lord will communicate to them in a specific way that they will recognize as being from God. And so he goes on here in verse 22. Many will say uh, to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied, cast out demons, done many wonderful works. You know, have we not, have we not, have we not, have we not done this, have we not done that, have we not done this, and, and the other thing. Then I will declare, I will respond to that, have we not. I never knew you. Now, in 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, I'll read one verse. When he says here, I never knew you, and you probably know this. It says in 1 Corinthians 8.3, but if anyone loves God, and that's a present tense, so that's talking about loving God now. There are people who have loved God and are not Christians who are not loving God in the biblical sense. If anyone loves, presently loves God, this one is known by him, or this one is known by God. And then the verse in John, it says, Jesus said, if you love me, present tense, keep my commandments, or keep what I am saying and communicating to you, whatever that may be, you know, however as small and insignificant you may think it is, 
whatever that is, that the Lord shows you for sure, not you thinking it up in your mind, <clears throat> excuse me, but what the Lord communicates to you. That's what you keep. And the Lord says that if you keep this presently, that is the proof that you truly love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. And those who presently love him are the ones that are known by him. So when Jesus says, I declare unto you, I never knew you, he's talking about knowing in that aspect, not that they aren't Christians, as people interpret this. But I didn't know you because you didn't move and you didn't hear and do what I was communicating to you personally. And so there's a problem there, see. And then he goes on, he says, Depart from me, you who, the King James says, you who work iniquity. But that word, if you look it up in the Strong's or, or other uh, concordances, you will see that word means lawlessness. Or you're, you're moving outside the law. Depart from me, you, those of you who are moving outside of my sayings, what I've communicated to you. And the enemy picks up on this thing, and, and he gets Christians to think that a certain thing is the will of God, or, or they're in the will of God. I've seen this many times. And you can go to them and say, you know, this is not the way you should be walking, but most of the time, most of the time, that does not work because of where they are. <coughs> But I like the Lord because he's faithful and he doesn't <clears throat> throw us aside. And he will continue time after time after time to try to communicate to us and, and get through. And some he has success with. So this Christian walk is simple, but yet it takes a certain heart that wants him and will take and say, Lord, you know, I may be wrong, but show me. Show me clearly. And for me personally, the Lord has, has done this many times where I did not know a direction. I didn't know what, what, what to do in, in a certain thing. And so I just hold it before the Lord and go my way. And lo and behold, the Lord will just, all of a sudden, I will just know that this is him and that's the direction. I don't know how I know. I can't say the Lord spoke to me, but in my spirit, he places something that I know now that this is the way. And I call that the communication of the Lord or uh, hearing the Lord, however you want to term that. It's the same thing, I believe. He somehow communicates to us, and that's a wonderful thing. But as I said before, what type of house is being built for you and I, for other, other Christians? The enemy of our soul, he goes to great lengths to build in people in the world, we know, but he also will go to great lengths to do whatever he can to start a building in an individual Christian. It may be one thought, it may be 
uh, one particular thing he knows their hearts tied to. It can be many different ways that he uses to try to get the person to move over in another place so ever so slightly so that we're now he can build something there in, in the heart. And there's a verse uh, I just thought of in John, where, where ta- uh, I think it's the Epistle John, where Jesus says that uh, he has come to destroy the works of the devil. And when you look in the world, it doesn't look like too many of the works of the devil are being destroyed. It seems like it's getting stronger. But he's, I believe, is talking about within the individual's heart where he comes to destroy the building of the devil, the works of the devil that were being set up there in the heart. And the Lord is so wonderful and he's so good and and he is so precise that he can do just the right thing within us to cause that which is there to crumble. It's amazing, amazing. You think that you haven't brought baggage from when you were unsaved? Oh, we all brought baggage. All these different things. Many of them, uh, you know, the Lord deals with, destroys other, other things. They go on for quite some time, for years. And then all of a sudden the Lord comes with his rhema, and, and that comes in there and destroys something that uh, was a work of the devil in our heart that we didn't know was there, was latent. It was from our past, from whenever we uh, weren't a Christian. So he's, he's pretty good at these things. And so you have the enemy of your soul. He will try to build. You have mankind, man in general, will try to get a spot in your heart. Various means that he uses. And then you have the individual themselves. We can build our own house. We have control over that. Uh, the Lord will allow you to build in your own heart what you want. So if you want to go and do whatever or uh, whatever catches your fancy, and you're going to say, well, I think now that's the leading of the Lord, and I'm going to go and, well, the Lord lets that go, and he'll, he'll deal with that. But many times in Christianity, even though the person is saved, there's a lot of saved people out there. You'll come in contact with them. But even though they're saved, they're, they're building their own life and their own way in the midst of them being a Christian. And and then you have the building, of course, of the Lord. Now in Ezekiel, seventeen. Now, I, I run into Christians who are building. You know, they're, they're doing their own thing. And I don't judge them. I mean, I see it, but I don't, I don't judge them. I don't pass any sentence on them. 
only if the Lord touches my heart to say something will, will I say anything. Because if you start to meddle and you're going to decide to be the judge, you know, oh, that person, I'm going to judge that, I'm going to judge that, you know, straighten them out, you will find that you will not get very far. You will cause strife, you will cause division, you will cause all kinds of problems. They can be avoided if we stay in our place and allow the Lord to deal with it. See, the Lord must be the one who deals with these things. Now, he may use you, or he may not. Because you see something doesn't mean you jump in and now you're going to do something. I mean, I see things, but that doesn't doesn't mean anything. Unless the Lord shows me specifically to do something, then it, it will stay as is till the Lord decides what he's going to do, to, you know, using someone else maybe. It, it just, I, I look and see things, especially with individuals that I know, and I say, wow, but that's, that's not for me to get in there and do anything unless the Lord is prompting me strongly to do. In Ezekiel 17, now I'm not going to go into the context. This deals with two kings, King Zedekiah and uh, Jehoiakim. And that's the context. But I just want to read this and want to show you something that also applies in this verse. Verse 24. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree and exalted the low tree, dried up the green tree, and made the dry tree flourish. And when he says here, I have brought down the high tree, that's, that's a type of the carnal nature. The Lord is interested in bringing down that high tree in the hearts and lives of people. And specifically, we're talking about Christian people. And then he goes on, he says, um, and exalt the low tree. See, the nature of Christ that should be exalted, see, can't be exalted if the carnal, the the high tree is there. And then he goes on and talks about uh, in the the dried up and green tree uh, and and make the dry tree to flourish. And in the context, that's talking about the uh, family or family of Jesse, the, uh, the lineage of David, where Christ will come. So the Lord is, is going to be brought up in this, you see, and he's going to be exalt, exalted. And so the, the, the high tree, that carnality that causes uh, those to build their own house must be brought down, must be brought down. And that is not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. And uh, it, it helps the Lord. It helps you. And so on. It helps people around you. And, and so, so on. In uh, Ezekiel 13, verse 9. My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and so on. A prophet who envisions 
futility is the one who tells the people to build their own house. You be the builder of your life. You set the direction. You set your goals, and you go after what you want to do in life. Well, that to me is a very scary thing. Much better to allow the Lord to lead you in whatever direction that is. You walk with Him. You follow Him, regardless of what anybody thinks or says. You follow Him. But the false prophet, he's prophesying something that's going to do something in the hearts of people to build their own house. Verse 10. Because indeed, because they have seduced my people. So the seduction says, build your own house. Verse 14. So I will break down the walls you have plastered. So here you are plastering, and you're making this nice wall, and you're going to go over here now to this other wall, and you start to plaster that wall, and it all looks so nice to you. Everything is just, you know, not, not a spot. And the Lord says, I'm going to come in the midst of that, and I am going to tear down what you have plastered. I will break down the wall you have plastered with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation will be uncovered. It will fall, and you shall be consumed, and so on. So he's, he wants to break down... That building, because it's not the building of the Lord, it's the building of self. Uh, a, a false prophet speaks, what's a prophet? A prophet speaks and communicates what God communicates to them and, and directs the people in a certain way or whatever. Now, if you have a false prophet... A false prophet is communicating something uh, that's going to somehow benefit them in their position, in, in their uh, office, in their walk, their life. And their communication is false. And, and you see this, you know, the false prophets prophesy... And they prophesy what they think and how they think things should be. And those who cannot discern and recognize and see the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet, if they can't discern and hear, see, there's a certain sound that comes forth that can be discernible to those who walk with God and if a person, like we see in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, the people were listening to the false prophets continually, and the true prophets they rejected. So if they're listening to the false prophets, and they're taking that in, now they're going to begin to build their own house, their own direction, their own way, and so on in their life. And the Lord, he sends the true prophet to break that thing down. You plaster, I'm going to tear it down. Uh, not because I don't like you, but because I do love you. 
And you need to start to hear what he says. Jeremiah, let's look at a couple verses. Hold your place in Ezekiel. Go to Ezekiel 34. So I want to look at a few verses there. And I'll, I'll go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, 2. I'll read verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds. That's that's very interesting. In the King James and New King James and, and some other translations, he uses this word, it's a very strong word. He says, what he's saying... He's saying against the shepherds. He's not saying it to them. He's saying it against them because they have set their heart a certain way. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of of your doings. So in this verse, he says, who feed my people. See, they're feeding but it's not the feeding of the Lord. It's not the correct feeding. It's, there's some self-interest there in what they're doing. Who knows what it is? It could be for gain, money. It can be for popularity. It can be so that you know, people think that they're someone, some great man of God. And the Lord says, your heart's not right, and you're feeding the people, and you're feeding them something that is not going to cause them to to do what is needed as far as building their house. So you have scattered my flock and driven them away and not attended to them. So there is something there that isn't quite right, you see. Now in uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel 34 says... Something very similar. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. So they're, they're interested in feeding themselves, and, and the people are not discerning of that. So that thing's very, very well hidden. And so the Lord has to come and, and uncover that. Because if there's a feeding uh, of themselves, and then the next verse talks about they go after the fat. The, the best part is what they're after. And they're, they're after something for themselves rather than the feeding of God to the flock. And so those who take that feeding, you know, it's like it says in, in Peter, uh, desire the sincere milk of the word, or the unpolluted milk of the word. The word of God can have all kinds of pollutants mixed in with it. You know, a person can have incorrect motivation. They're in it for themselves. They can want something, you see. They can mix a bit of carnality in with it. They can put all kinds of pollutants in the milk, 
And unless you uh, ruminate, you know what rumination is, unless you ruminate, those elements there will not pass away out of your system like they should. But yet, if you don't do that, it's taken in and it can cause uh, problems, it can cause incorrect uh, movement in your heart and life as a Christian. It can cause a person to build their own house, their own life. Now, this is more common than we would like to believe. It, it's kind of, I don't know for you, but I would rather have the Lord take me right now. Just, just take me, you know, kill me. Then for me to build my own house. I, I do not want that. I would rather sit and never do another thing than to get up and go another direction other than the, 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 the leading of the Lord, the, you know, walking with Him. That's how I think how important it is. And I prayed that prayer when I first became a Christian. And I, I don't know if, I don't want to find out if the Lord would ever answer that. I prayed, I said, Lord, if you know that later on in my walk, I'm going to deviate and get away from you and, and backslide, I would rather be dead now. And, and Lord knows I meant that. So there is in our heart, Something the Lord places there, and I, I don't know what you could call it, but it's like a little discerner. <laughs> and if you're walking with him, and certain things come, and you start to chew on that, you'll, you'll see something's quite, not quite right. Have you ever heard someone maybe preach on TV or wherever, and and here it comes and you're there and you start to chew on that and it's just like, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something just not right. And the Lord might show you what it is, but you might not know. It might be so well hidden in the individual's life that it's not discernible by most. But you don't even need to know what that is all you need to know is if what you're starting to chew on is of the Lord or not. That's all you need to know. And, and the Lord is so nice. He, he does show us these things. Now, go to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, we'll begin with verse 1. Therefore, for holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus who was faithful to him, to the Father, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Now, when it says here that Moses was faithful in all his house, does that mean his family? What does that mean? Does that mean he was faithful uh, to walk with the Lord and to take the commandments of the Lord and to bring them to the people? Well, that's, that's all true. That's all applicable. But in particular, he's talking about how Moses was faithful 
in this house here within. Your, your uh, body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He was faithful in this house, allowing the Lord to build what he wanted to build in his life. So Jesus was faithful to the Father, allowing the Father to do what he wanted to do. Not my will, but thine be done. And, you know, I, nevertheless, I, I would rather have this cup pass for me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So Jesus was faithful. Moses was faithful in allowing the Lord his, having his way in his life. Verse 3. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, talking about Jesus, inasmuch as he who built the house. He's talking about he who created Moses. He who built the house has more honor than the house. Jesus is in the building industry. And he is very much interested in building in our heart and life. Very much. Now, verse 4 is very enlightening. And it will put in context what I said earlier here about building a house, your house. For every house is built by someone. See, we all have a house. In every house, you go out and see the masses out there, uh, the millions and millions of people in all the major cities of the world. And you look at them, everyone is building a house. N not at home with, you know, a, a hammer. But there's a building going on here within them. Everyone is building. You know, uh, you're a, a person's hobby can be their life or become their life. I see some individuals who retired from the post office and they got involved with certain hobbies, things that they've loved for years, and, and they, they go full bore in that and, and they do certain things and they're out selling and doing all kinds of things, making you know, extra money on this, that, and the other thing. And that becomes their life, and that becomes a building in their heart. So, so we need to be very, very careful what we allow our hearts to go out to. Now, it's okay to do certain things, but you must be attentive to the Lord in them so that if he wants to pull the reins back a little on that, that you say, oh, that's fine. It doesn't cause me any, oh, you know, Lord, I, I, I can't. I have to do that. No, you don't. So, and the Lord will do that sometimes. He's done it with me many times where the Lord went. You know, he, I remember one instance where the Lord said, fish. I hadn't fished for years, and I love fishing. And I went fishing, and I was fishing, fishing, fishing. I had an injury at the time. And the Lord was in it, and I, I enjoyed myself. And then all of a sudden, the Lord went, whew. He pulled those reins, and that thing went, whew. And I didn't miss it at all, as much as I loved it. it. It's no big deal. I could care less. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Can we say that? 
and believe it for us and believe that he knows what he's doing. See, he is the builder. He knows what he's doing. And so, you know, people out there build their own house. And they take that type of a heart with them to a great degree when they become a Christian. And the Lord has to deal with these things, you see. And he allows certain things and certain things he doesn't. He may allow certain things for a time, and then that may disappear. And he may bring it back later. Who knows what he's going to do? He's done that, all that in my life. As long as we you know, come to him like this, with our hands open and say, Lord, you know, put in, take out, it doesn't matter. You're still Lord, and I'll walk on. It's not going you know, to let that have any stronghold in my heart. For every house is built by someone, verse 4, but he who builds all things is God. See, that's his desire, to build all things in your life, in your heart, and in my life. And Moses indeed was faithful in all of his house, and this is key, as a servant. See, now, if you are going to be the servant of the Lord, and you are going to be the servant of the Lord in spirit the way he desires, that means that your heart has to be low. I mean, he has to work in your heart, so it's, it's down low. So if your heart now is, low, is very low, then you can become faithful in all of your house as Moses was faithful in all his house, being a servant. So I, I think that's one key there. Now, he gives you the keys to the kingdom. That's one key. For a testimony of those things which uh, would be spoken of afterward, uh, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. You see that? He's talking about who's you, 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 not some physical house. Whose house we are if, very big word, if we hold fast uh, the confidence, or I believe that word means openness, that we remain open to what he's doing, you see. It's very easy to close our heart what the, what the Lord wants to do with us, especially if it's something we don't want him to do. Whose house we are, if we hold fast the openness and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his heart. So you, you have, well, I'll get to that in a second. In verse 8, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So you have three things here in just these two verses dealing with the proper building of the Lord in your house. One of them is openness. Uh, another one is hearing. And the third thing is hardness of heart. Or you could say softness of heart. See, that, that has to be there in my life. If my heart hardens in any way, that is a, a potentially uh, how can I what can I say here? There is potential for great problems initially. And it can result in my sliding backwards. 
So hardness of heart, or I should say softness of heart, for us is very, very important if the Lord is going to be Lord of our house, or if, if, if we're going to be included in what the writer is saying here, whose house we are. We're the Lord's house. Not everyone is the Lord's house. And I'm not talking about being filled with the Spirit or anything like that. I'm talking about the building. Not everyone is the Lord's house. See, because the condition here is if we hold fast the openness and not harden our heart, remaining soft and pliable and hearing Him. You know, what, what is the rhema for me, Lord? It's funny because if you look up the word rhema, that word means, uh, it has various meanings, but it means something that is spoken or communicated in the present or the past. And right away people think that's talking about the word of God that was written in the past and the commandments in the past. No, 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 no. That can apply, but it, it, it means what the Lord has spoken of life to you, what of this Bible has lifted from the pages and has touched your heart and, and something there that has changed you. you. You knew that was from the Lord. Well, see, that's what man's to live by. By every word, rhema, whether it's been in the past or now. Not just presently. It's presently, yes. But see, what's presently spoken to me today, a month from now, the Lord speaks something, it, it's something different. It's not, that's not presently then, if you understand what I'm saying. For example, the Lord said to me, or communicated to me some years ago to teach. Now, I didn't want to teach. The last thing in the world I wanted to do. I said, Lord, I, I can't teach. I can't speak. I can't talk in front of people. I don't have that ability. I get tongue-tied. I, I, I can't do that. But I knew it was the Lord, so I had to move in that. So that was a rhema years ago that still applies to me today. Man, man shall live by bread alone, but by every rhema, past or present. So if he shows me something and speaks something to me now, here, present, then I am to hear that and obey and, and walk in that, and that is a raiment to me today. So the raiment thing is past and, and present. You understand? So the Lord shows you to do something, whatever it may be, then you do it. He communicates to you, you do it. That's what you live by. You don't live by everything. You don't live by every single thing in His Bible. You live by every word that's proceeding, every raiment that's proceeding out of the mouth of God to you, personally. You ever have a person come up to you and say, you know, I think you should be doing this. I think you should do that. I had an individual tell me some years back here, I think you should do this in the church. So, well, I heard what he said, but there was no rhema to my heart in that. I didn't 
Another way to say it, I didn't, um, I didn't have the quickening of the Lord in that. You see, there, were, there, was, there was nothing. I, I knew that it wasn't the Lord, put it that way. And so I, I've never done that. Now, that may be a, a rhema in the future. I don't know. But I knew it wasn't what I was to live by. You know, what people come up to you and tell you you should do is not necessarily what you do. You need to learn to walk with God, listen to him, and do what he's saying. And you go to work, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, you know, I think you should do this. R- related to teaching. You know. So, well, I said, let me, let me uh, just hold that before the Lord. And it was like, there's nothing there, nothing. So it becomes much simpler if you, if you live by that and not by what you think or what someone else thinks or what someone else says. Because people can say all kinds of things, and what they do, especially with young Christians, they confuse them. They confuse them. Should I do this? Should I do that? You need to know. You need to know. So in John it says... Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, or the husbandman. There's a connection there between the vine and the roots, you see. All that's connected. My father, how does it say, I'm the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. So there's a connection between Jesus and the father. And then, then he talks about his disciples. There's to be a connection to the vine, always. So when you have the connection, then the building will go on, it will go on correctly, and and things will be as they should be. Because er every man builds a house. See, but what's going on for you personally? You know, are, are you allowing the enemy, and I don't mean you, I mean anyone, allowing the enemy to put things in your life and set up camp, so to speak, and build? Is the Christian allowing what other people say? That, okay, well, that's, this is the big popular thing in the church today, so we're going to go ahead and get involved with that. Are you allowing others to build? Or are... You allowing self, your yourself, you're going to do this. You know, you see that thing in the world, it's very strong. You know, you go and you, you know, full bore and you get, get out there and you do it and whatever it takes and so on and so forth. I, I would rather walk with God. Makes things so much easier and simpler. You walk with him. And move when he moves, and when he doesn't, you don't move. And that can be, at times, hard. Especially if you're a person who likes to get in there and roll up your sleeves and you know, get involved with everything and do it, do it, do it. Or if you're a person who's the direct opposite, you, you'd rather just sit there. That's it. Don't, don't get forward. Don't get involved. I'll just sit there. So the, the Lord, you know, wants you where he, where he is, you know. So you're doing what he is showing and going as he's 
is he's uh, instructing. I was talking to Jim yesterday about Sunday school here at the church, and the teachers are, are where they are to be, the right people are in the right place, and they're moving in what the Lord is showing them. And I go downstairs, and I look in, I go in the classrooms, I'm around the teachers, you, you all look at, or Donna, you know, I'm in and out of those rooms all the time. When we're, we're, we're dismissed, I'm down there sometimes for an hour. And I'm in with certain teachers and moving around. If they're going to move and function with the Lord, then things will be, they, they will run the way they are to, to run, and th th there's not going to be this, you know, back and forth, you know, hit and miss here and there. They're just walking where they are to walk, following Him, and things just fall in line down there. How many times have you gone into a class and, you know, you weren't sure, and the Lord, you know, I don't know what, what, what to do, Lord, and you go in there and it all unfolds for you. Or the Lord, you're at home and the Lord gives you some message and you come and you, you have something for the kids. It's, it's nice. It's nice. We don't want to get ahead of the Lord in anything. It's just, it's very, very good to just walk with Him, allow Him to do what He's going to do in our lives and through us, and allow Him to build this house here because if He's allowed, and He's the one that's actually Lord and doing the work, that all that comes out from you will be a living water.